Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 233 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with the three winners of the Asia-Pacific Social Innovation Partnership Award, APSIPA, in the Inclusive Business category. That's SVHK Capital Limited, Journey of the Senses, and Multi-Vietnam. With the gradual increase of global risks, how can we develop innovative practices to ensure a future where sustainability will become mainstream? The Asia-Pacific Social Innovation Partnership Award is established to explore dynamic social innovation models in the Asia-Pacific and to motivate more changemakers to contribute to social innovation, discovering and celebrating social innovation partnerships that connect diverse stakeholders and make significant social impacts. Partnership cases are required to set the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs, as their core value. The award sets motivating social innovation partnerships as its purpose, integrating the 17 SDGs sorted into three categories, biosphere sustainability, inclusive business, and social prosperity. The three winners that we speak to today were chosen as part of the inclusive business category, and we also had a special jury prize chosen by the judging panel. And the Inclusive Business Award values socially innovative approaches to economic activities and commerce. Innovation in terms of economics does not only imply increase in income or employment, but also decrease inequality and negative impacts as well as responsible measures to forward economic growth and cycle. Now I'm here with the three respective leaders of these different businesses. We have Florence Cheng, Kherm Durmbos, and Kwat Mainan. Florence Cheng is the head of impact strategy of Social Ventures Hong Kong, or SVHK. She leads SVHK's strategy consulting projects, working closely with corporate and non-profit partners to innovate purpose-driven positioning and explore new opportunities to embed that purpose across the organization. She also supports SVHK's philanthropic advisory practice, as well as business development, strategic review, impact reporting, and other portfolio management activities for SVHK's social startup initiatives. Florence graduated from the London School of Economics and worked in management consulting prior to joining SVHK. Kherm Durmbos and his partner Wu Antu founded Journey of the Senses, a hospitality company employing people with disabilities. Kherm believes that placing people with disabilities at the front line and creating guest interaction is the way to increase awareness into blind and deaf communities. His businesses are designed around the philosophy of turning the disadvantage of people with disabilities around into their advantage. The journey is not finished yet, and Kherm and his team have plans for more businesses employing people with disabilities. Kherm is from the Netherlands and lives in Vietnam since 2004 in both Hanoi and Saigon. 
He has over 20 years hospitality industry experience and worked in various five-star hotels and restaurants in the Netherlands, Italy and Vietnam. Kerm graduated in international hospitality management at the Hotel School at The Hague in 2005. And finally, Quat Mai Nan, or Jolly, is the Chief Strategy Officer at Multi-Vietnam, a company specializing in R&D and manufacturing useful and impactful hardware devices, applied AI, and IoT. Before working as the CSO at Multi-Vietnam, she worked with different technology-based startups. Moreover, she's founded many social projects which support children development in Vietnam. She has vision of bringing impactful products all over the world. Thanks very much to all of you for joining us. So to kick things off, could you please share a bit about your projects, the impact they're creating and what led to your passion in social innovation? Florence, we might start with you. Thank you, Tom, for the interview. So let me start by just quickly introducing SVHK and our work. So SVHK is established since 2007 and we're committed to reimagining a purpose-driven city using a wide variety of tools from venture philanthropy, incubation of social enterprises to business consulting. And our work is primarily focused in Hong Kong. And as many of you may know, we have had quite an unusual 12 months in the past with the 2019 social movement and COVID-19. And this really stands as a massive challenge for both businesses and all of us as citizens. So a few months ago, SVHK and our partner, the Sustainable Finance Initiative, sat together and we started the Community Resilience Fund, CRF, as a project that has born out of these trying times. And we worked with 20 impact partners to kickstart this as a zero interest loan facility and a capacity building support for social enterprises, particularly those facing significant cash flow challenges in these darkest hours. And over the past five months, we're super excited to have supported 13 different social enterprises, both financially and extra financially. So I thought it might be easiest for me to share more and, and give you a bit of flavor of the Community Resilience Fund through a few stories. Mm. So I think let me start by a story of compassion. I think we, needless to say, social enterprises are by nature uh, compassionate organizations. But yeah. when we spoke to a few founders and management teams of social enterprises a few months ago, what touched us the most was that while they remain resolute despite the business challenges, they actually got very emotional and teared up at the very real prospect that they would have to let some of their staff members go. Mm. And I think that really touched us because it reminded us that whilst they have to maintain their businesses as social enterprises, most of them cared deeply about their staff and particularly those from marginalized backgrounds, knowing that it may take them years or perhaps in a luckier case, months to find a new job if they were let go in these crises. So we thought to ourselves, why does it really have to be so difficult? And then I guess this moved on to another story of collective action, where we were super excited to be able to have the support of 20 different business and ecosystem partners from family offices, impact incubation platforms like Dream Impact and Foundation for Shared Impact, to SME lenders and pro bono lawyers, business consultants and professional advisors to collectively pull in hours and hours of work to co develop this fund with us mm. and help us find new ways to really help these compassionate organizations achieve what they could do in better times. 
And we were, again, very grateful for all the support that we've received along the way. And it really shows a story of resilience where two pilots and two cohorts after, we saw many of these social enterprises taking the financial support and extra financial support to really pivot their businesses. And happy to report that they're all still in business today. (laughs) And most of their staff are actually capped in employment with the extra funding that we provided. And more importantly, the most exciting part is that we saw many of them taking this opportunity to really re-examine their past revenue models. And we saw one in particular that started on a rent proposal writing and they started looking at over 10 different business leads and proposals just over the past few weeks to diversify and this is really I think an example an excellent illustration of resilience building that really summarizes what we try to do in the CRF. Wonderful you're doing some great work there Florence thanks so much for, for sharing a little bit more about CRF and the project and the great outcomes so we might cross to you now Kerm. tell us a little bit more about about the, your project and the impact that you're creating so we have journey of the census and it is a group of premium hospitality services and we provide the experience of interacting with staff who have a visually impairment or hearing impairment and we employ blind and deaf staff in restaurants and bar and flower shop in vietnam there is very high unemployment rates of for, for the blind and the deaf communities mm. There's a 90% unemployment rate for those who are blind and hearing impaired, visually impaired. And there's a 65% unemployment rate for those who are deaf and hearing impaired. So it's very hard for them to find proper employment since there's very high social stigma and very Mm -hmm. low awareness. And there's very limited government support. So they end up being unemployed. And that's very sad because if you lack one sense, that doesn't mean that you therefore can't work. Mm. And we often seem to forget that the person who is blind, for instance, they can't see, but that doesn't mean that they can't live a life. They can still do plenty of things. And when you lose one of the senses, the other senses cover up. And so there's lots of things they can actually do way better than we can. We always seem to focus on what people can't, but we actually see benefits of just focus on what people still can do. And Mm. that is why we are disadvantaged into an advantage and it provides with great hospitality business projects. So we have a restaurant where we serve guests in the dark by a team of blind service staff. We have a restaurant where we ask our guests to communicate in sign language. Hmm. We have a flower shop where we have a team of hearing impaired staff where we make flower arrangements and then don't do like a traditional handwritten card, but make little video clips in sign language, what can be scanned by a QR code where the giver of the flowers can give a very nice personal message to the receiver, but we can make that as an, a, sign, a sign language clip. We do a spa as well with blind massage therapists, and we are about to open in the beginning of next month a vegetarian restaurant where we have a team of hearing impaired staff as well. So that is what we do, and it's great working with this type of projects and I can really see myself in the story of Florence of with the COVID time of the other socially marginalized staff not letting them go. So that's also what we decided to do. All of the staff is still on board. So that's actually what we do. It sounds like you're creating some fantastic opportunities and no doubt some wonderful experiences yeah. uh, for the different customers coming in. 
since you were talking about the SDG, we fit nicely in number eight, the decent work in economic growth. And yeah, it's great to have that as a, a red line through the business that it, it provides for something unique. And it's, it's unique for our guests. It's unique for our staff. It's, it's very engaging what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Some great work there, Curtin. Thanks for sharing. So let's move to you, Jolly. Tell us a little bit more about multi-Vietnam and the impact that you're creating. Thank you. Firstly, I will introduce a little bit about Monty Vietnam. So Monty Vietnam is a company specializing in R&D and manufacturing hardware devices, applied AI and IoT. With the slogan, Connecting the World, our mission is to enable technology to support human life. Well, our business was motivated by a friend I first met five years ago in the community for disabled people. Um, he was born with no hands. He said even his parents were disappointed when he was born and did not believe in him. At that time, no one except his uncle thought he could get success in his life. His uncle encouraged him a lot, which makes him try harder and harder as a result of hardworking. The success comes when he achieves his dream of being an IT teacher and he can devote his life to support disabled people community. His story and the fact that disabled people account for 7% of Vietnam population and most of them are not appreciated so that we are inspired to do something to change because we believe everyone should be treated equally, right? We see the opportunity of technology to my friend so that we can print the same opportunity to other disabled people as well. That's how our first product was born, is eyeglasses that help users to use computer through their eyes and head movement. Within first three years, we brought our product to 10,000 disabled people thanks to the support of a live and learn organization in Vietnam. Uh, besides that, we develop eyeglasses to users to prevent drowsiness while driving so that it can reduce the accidents. And imagine the eyeglasses can protect your eyes from myopia. When you look at your phone too close, the eyeglasses will warn, oh, keep distant with your eyes. And this new product we just launched this year, but I believe all of them can bring great impact on society. Absolutely. And those are some really innovative projects there, Joey. So well done on all the hard work to you and your team. And really, like winning the AppSuper Award really highlights all of your dedication and hard work and, and skills to really innovate. So let's talk a little bit about your observations of the social innovation movement in your respective countries and further afield and where you see key opportunities and next steps. How about we start with you, Florence? You're based in Hong Kong. Yes, I am. So I think Hong Kong, it's a very interesting model um, of social innovation over the past decade. And I think there are three key observations and opportunities, really, that I would like to highlight for the audience here today. Mm. Number one, it's clear that 
social innovation is going mainstream. Just to give an example, Green Monday is a platform that promotes plant-based diet. It started in Hong Kong, and now that very idea has been adopted in over 30 countries around the world, and is clearly gaining mainstream support and making plant-based diet almost a trendy thing. Mm. Secondly, I think we're also seeing successful cases of social innovation affecting policy. Lightbe is one of our portfolio companies, and it looks at social housing starting from 10 years ago and has now paved the way for a transitional housing policy in Hong Kong. And that really, again, adds to the point that social innovation is no longer housed in a silo, and it's going mainstream, both in terms of the business sector and the lifestyle corporate sector as well, as well as the government. And I think more important than that, we're also starting to see signs of social innovation breaking into businesses. It might be taken slightly aback by COVID-19, particularly as we see that the Business Roundtable statement from last year has yet to bring about some real changes in the world and not at least in Hong Kong. But at least in Hong Kong specifically, we're definitely seeing more businesses trying to take a first step in the right direction. And I think just from SVHK ourselves, over the past six months, we've done a couple of perhaps three to four different impact strategy projects, working with businesses from startups to actual listed companies to rethink what their purpose statements and their impact strategy might be to embed a new idea of doing business with a social purpose into the work. So I think they're all very promising signs. And the next step really for us, to me, is to keep the momentum and to see how COVID-19, having reconnected some businesses to societies, can really continue in bringing a lasting impact even when the virus or the pandemic is over. And I think intercity sharing, particularly with APSIPA, is a great start to facilitating that and having um, the opportunity to speak to people both within Asia and beyond through platforms such as yourself would be another great start to help keep the movements going too. Yeah, fantastic insights there, Florence. Thanks for sharing those. Khadam, tell us a little bit more about Vietnam and the movement there and where you see some key opportunities. The social innovations in Vietnam, it's it's developing very fast. There's lots of businesses owned by women. There's a lot of female ownership amongst those social impact businesses. There's a very young population in Vietnam. So people come up with very nice, innovative ideas. And most of those innovations are very, very admirable. And there's a widespread from agriculture to tech to education to keeping traditions alive from the ethnic minorities. There's those who battle climate change and work on recycling, those who work with victims of human trafficking. It's all very, very meaningful and very admirable. Though there is very little of those companies who are focusing on working with deaf and blind people and providing frontline interaction as as we do. So that is where we make a difference because we believe that letting our staff, the deaf and the blind people, interact with our guests, that we feel is the best way to challenge the social stigma. Mm. So I feel that there could be definitely much more opportunities for job opportunities for blind and deaf people. It would be great if, if that would be considered as an option as well. But overall in Vietnam, it's great to see how many people are involved with this. And I have a feeling it's it's just getting more and more. It's developing fast. That's great to hear, Kerem. And Jolly, you're also based in Vietnam. Tell us about your perspective on the social innovation movement over there. Actually, I agree with Kerem. But however, I think the problem is the government now 
actually um, their social entrepreneur not supported by the government. But instead, we have many organizations that can support social innovation like DCIP or British Cultural. So I think it's a good thing for the society when um, they have they receive support from organization. Yeah, absolutely. And something interesting from all of this, Florence, coming back to you from a Hong Kong perspective, you and the CRF team were also the winner this year of the Jury Special Prize for your effort in fighting the global pandemic. So just on that angle too, what have been some of your key learnings from the implementation of that project and how does it feed into some of these bigger opportunities we've been talking about? I think we're super excited to be awarded the jury special prize and it's truly an honor for the work that we have really just started doing and we're, we fully understand that we may be very beginning in our learning pathway but it's definitely a learning process that we would like to share and develop with all of you here too. So just one vision that I would like to share with you as a start is the vision of CRF, Bridge for Today, Revive for Tomorrow. And I think integral to this is the sense of agility that we need to always keep our eyes and ears open and most importantly, our minds open to the needs on the ground and what roles and support we can play. So just to illustrate, I think very idea of affordable financing for social enterprises is not a new idea. It's certainly not just a COVID-19 issue. By building a bridge today through the CRF to resolve COVID or to help relieve some of the COVID-related economic challenges, we really hope that we could also build a new bridge for tomorrow and that the impact and the spirit of CRF as an affordable fund, an affordable loan, can go beyond COVID. And it's something that we can continue to evolve to support social enterprises for other business challenges or operational challenges to come in, in future times. And I think another idea that's central to our vision is the notion of action. Really, it's about making sure we always take the first step to do something. And by action, it also calls collective action where we're trying to get everyone to play their parts. Mm. And it's not just always about money. It doesn't always mean that you have to play a part by giving money to the fund or by giving money to social enterprises to help them sustain businesses. It's also about the non-financial support. And more importantly, how we can make sure that there is always a sense of community and support in the social enterprises and in the impact ecosystem systems. So there is always an understanding and a belief that there will be others walking the walk with them with these struggling SEs along the way, despite the trying times out there. So I think all in all, my, my recap for this is bridge for today, revive for tomorrow. And we can do it through being agile and to make sure we always take the first step on actions. Some excellent reflections there, Florence. Thanks for sharing that and, and well, well done again on getting that jury special prize. So look, you all have such rich and diverse experience across your different projects and businesses. So what's one piece of advice that you'd give to other business people who would like to use a more inclusive approach? Curtin, we might start with you. My piece of advice would be if you have already an idea of including some sort of CSR or social impact into your organization or business, my advice would be go for it. Just do it. I found it very, very rewarding. It is so interesting and fun to see the excitement in our staff because we work with blind and deaf people. For most of them, it is the first time they have a professional job, mm. um, like, like 
nine to five type of job, it is some of them worked like, like they did a bit of tutoring or, or some sort of part time job with their families or so. But to have a real job and they really take pride in that and to see the excitement of on their faces, it's absolutely rewarding. Since we work with hospitality business, with restaurants, we have a lot of guests and it is also very, again, very rewarding to see the smiles on the faces of our guests because we are dealing with, it's changing the awareness of, of our guests and it's so exciting to see how excited everybody is. Yeah. Yeah. I, my piece of advice would be just go for it. It's, it's great for all the star, uh, shareholders in, in, in place, for the staff, for our guests and for us as business owners as well. Some great advice, Kerem. Thanks for sharing. Jolly, what about yourself? What advice would you give? Uh, yes. So I think first to do the social innovation, you have to set up your own mission and do not afraid to be failed. Even though I know it's, it can be the difficult path and you cannot avoid failure. Like us before, in the beginning, we have many, many ideas to support the society. However, we don't have enough resources. Mm. So I'm um, one of the the most important thing is I think you have to balance the interest of the, the economic interest and uh, social justice. Yeah, absolutely. Because how can you create impact without the, the finance or the, the dollars to support that, right? It's a great, great perspective. Florence, what about yourself? What advice would you give to other business people? So I fully agree what Tom and Johnny has already shared. Just one more thing to add. I think it's also important for us to think big. By thinking big, I don't necessarily mean always blue sky thinking completely yeah. outside of the box. I also mean we need to think about how to be inclusive across all different pillars and layers of the organization. And I think it's very important to conceive inclusiveness, not just about HR policy and, and recruitment, as important as they are. It is also about the customers, the business serves, the markets they play in, and the partners engaged, and also everyday operational choices that could shape the touch points the businesses have with its customers and its stakeholders around the clock. So I think really inclusiveness should be that all-encompassing idea, and we need to go big and think beyond that. Great perspective there, Florence. So let's finish off now with a quick sort of rapid fire of some books and resources that you'd all recommend to our listeners. Florence, do you want to just continue on? Absolutely. Lately, I've been revisiting a book that I've read before called Start With Why from Simon Sinek. Yep. It's a book from about 10 years ago, but it's very statement around how to inspire others to take action and organizations to create movements by questioning why more than just the hows and whats. I think stand really true in this particular landscape. And I think this is also incredibly important for businesses to take note of, to build a shared belief with the stakeholders, staff, customers, communities, and find new way to engage and that I think could be the true spirit to building inclusive businesses going forward. Mm, thanks Florence. Kerem, tell us about your books or resources. I would recommend See What I'm Saying from Lawrence Rosenblum. It's a fantastic book about how our brain works and how our five senses work and how are they all interconnected and it is fascinating to understand a little bit more about that. Well, because it's all about senses. It's nicely interacted with our business and working with our team of, of blind and deaf staff. And I found it very fascinating to read. Sounds like a, a good read. And finally, to wrap up, Jolly, tell us about a book or resource that, that you'd recommend. 
Where Good Ideas Comes From of Stephen Johnson is one of the books motivates me the most. So he was written a brilliant analysis of creativity and innovation. And I think that's very impressive book. And the single most important book for anyone looking for an accurate and comprehensive description of creativity process. And they have to hear fortune being unable to verbalize. In the book, I think Johnson not only allow reader to become more conscious of the patterns that creativity follows, but he also provides the inspiring examples of the principle in action. Read the book if you want to know or need any kind of creative inspiration. That's a, it sounds like a great recommendation, Joey. Thanks so much. So look, I'd like to extend a huge thank you to all of you for your really generous insights and time today. Congratulations on winning the Absibai Inclusive Business Award, and we'll certainly look forward to tracking your journeys in the future. Thank you very much, Tom, for the interview. It was great to talk to you. Thank you, Tom. And really excited to be featured here and hope we can speak soon and catch up again later. Thank you, Tom. And I would like to thank you for letting us share our story. It's again our pleasure. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.